Hi everyone, welcome back to Prevention Nation, where we believe education and awareness can change the culture of violence. I'm your host, Roy Lutz. If bald people worked in a restaurant, do you think they need to wear a hairnet? A hairnet? I mean, they don't have hair. You don't have hair. I don't have hair. That's why, yeah, that's why I picked the question. Would you wear a hairnet if you worked at a restaurant? I would... I mean, I, I suppose, I suppose I, I would if I was told to, but I would argue it. I would fight it because I don't have hair. Is that what a hairnet is for? I guess, but. I mean, it is. It is called yeah. a hairnet. The purpose, I think, is to keep hair yeah. out. But you also have facial hair, so would you need to wear something over your face? Oh, yeah. Would I have to wear? A, <laughs> it's kind of like uh, the masks during COVID. It was just like a chin diaper is what it was for a lot of people. So. My brother is bald, but he has a huge beard. Okay. And when he worked in food service, he actually had to wear, like, it was like a beard cover. It was, like, specifically made to go over his beard. So, a hairnet for his face. Yes. Interesting. But I've also worked in food service and not had to wear a hairnet before, and I have a head full of hair. But I don't even see people wearing hairnets as much anymore. Yeah, right? I don't even know if I actually, when the last time I saw it, it was like my lunch lady in like elementary school or something. Um, My friend's family owns a restaurant, and I don't think any of their cooks wear hairnet. They all wear hats. Does that Hmm. count? Does that hold your hair in? Is is a hat a hairnet? I don't know. And when was the last time you found hair in food? Have you ever found hair in food? I find hair in food every day because I have three cats. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty good. Should my cats wear a hairnet? (laughs) Yeah, just wrap a cat in a net. (laughs) Um, yeah, I can't think of the last time I ever found hair in a food at a restaurant. Well, that's not true. There was some from a takeout, <clears throat> a Chinese food we had, and there was some hair in it. And that kind of grossed me out. So, that, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of maybe thinking we should get back to hair nets. I have a friend who has a serious, <clears throat> like, aversion to hair and food. Like, oh, if, yeah. if you talk about it, she mm. will gag. Yeah, I want to gag right now. We went to a baby shower together, and mm-hmm. there was a cheese dip. And I thought it was a little hair. So I was like, oh, I'll just like pull it up with a spoon. And it was about like 12 inches, like the longest, thickest oh, black hair out of the cheese dip. Oh, I'm going to gag. And um, anytime <laughs> I talk to her about it, I tell the story a lot. She has to leave. Yeah, see, I just assume at that point I just ate a whole bowl of hair. You know, like, it's just so gross. I, yeah, I think hair nets are important for uh, to prevent hair from getting into food. And I think that brings us to a point a good uh, point of introducing you. You're, yeah. you're, who are you? Um, my name is Caitlin. I'm the newest prevention coordinator at Safe on Main. Um, yeah, I've got some big shoes to fill. I've been listening to the podcast recently. Yeah, so Caitlin uh, is new to uh, Safe on Main and Prevention Nation, and uh, I think she's going to make a fantastic co-host. So um, today, I think that's kind of what we're going to talk about, Caitlin, is... Um, why did you Why did you start working here at Safe on Main? What are you interested in about prevention? Yeah, so I actually came from like intervention background. So I've been doing intervention in the Warren County community. So mm-hmm. it's fun that I kind of seeing the crossover of who I get to work with. Um, but doing intervention in Warren County for um, about a year and a half. Um, it's nice to be on the prevention side. Um, I think sometimes you know it gets feeling like pretty hopeless on the yeah, prevention side because you're <clears throat> um, getting to really see. Um, the kids that maybe haven't had prevention um, mm-hmm. in their life or in their parents' lives. Right. So it's nice to kind of be part of the, you know, movement to maybe eliminate some of those intervention jobs. How nice would that be? <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we, yeah, we joke about that all the time with our, um, our intervention service here at Safe I mean, we're like, our goal is to put you all out of work. Yeah. So. 
that's my goal. I want everybody that was in my last position to not have to do their job anymore or just make it a little bit easier. Yes. Even if um, kids in programs like that have the education, you know, it makes their job at least a little bit easier. Yeah. Well, I mean, you touched on a, a really interesting point, though. You said, um, you know, intervention services, just bringing up the whole concept of intervention services. You worked in that mm-hmm. and you want to now prevent that. So how do you think, um, you know, how do you think prevention services uh, has that kind of impact on people? Would it have had that kind of impact on you? Did you have prevention services in your life? Did you remember any of that from school? Yeah, I don't remember any um, prevention services. I, I grew up in Butler County, so mm-hmm. um, I know some of our like coworkers here have talked about, oh, I remember a little bit of like this programming. When I was in high school, we didn't get any of that. Um, yeah. A lot. We had a lot of the old methods of prevention. Don't do this. Don't do that. Um, ask for help, um, but none of like the really education behind it. Right. Um, so I think, especially, you know, teenagers, they're gonna do what they want to do, but mm-hmm. just like having the education to back it up, like, oh, okay, this is that red flag that they talked about. Yeah. Um, whereas, you know, maybe I lived a little bit under the philosophy of. Oh, this isn't a red flag. It's like pink. Mm-hmm. It's pink. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's enough. We just introduced yellow flags last year. You're going to bring pink flags into this. Yeah. Now, so. It's pink. And I was always like, pink's my favorite color. So it's okay. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Um, but I, I definitely think that I, I, don't, I wish more schools had programming like this. I know Warren County's really lucky to have yeah. um, a lot of prevention going on. But my kids say that all the time. They're like, Dad, why don't we have these programs at our school districts out yeah. here in Lakota? I, I tell them all the time. I wish they I wish they would. So. Yeah, I actually grew up near them, so it's yeah. yeah interesting that you know kids from similar school districts are like we don't have that here, mm-hmm. and I know that's a really nice school district to yeah. not have any kind of prevention where you know we know that abusive relationships, unhealthy relationships happen. Yeah. To kids of all statuses. Yeah, but the kid, uh, but the county kids aren't ex- excluded from those yeah. risks. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well. It's funny that you say those things too, because I, I do remember the prevention I had as a as a kid was you know around any I mean pick a topic driving was mm-hmm. car crashes everybody dies and it's like whoa man that was so scary yeah but it didn't there was really never any education in um, how can I do better what can I do to minimize risk what can I do to um, you know just be more aware of the you know the challenges or the barriers or the things that you know the dangers and things so yeah I I don't have any recollection of any kind of real education uh, around mm-hmm. prevention. And then when you think about healthy relationships, nothing. And I didn't have that guidance at home. And, you know, we you know, we think of schools as math and science and, you know, STEM and all that stuff. And um, I don't know, something that we really talk a lot about here and often is just how critical school is for developing relationships. Why are we not talking about those red flags, yellow flags, and even pink flags um, on how to get along with other people, how to manage our emotions and feelings better. Mm-hmm. I wish I had had some of that because a lot of these kids in our schools that we work with, they don't have anybody else in their lives teaching them those things. So, yeah. yeah. I also think it's interesting that kids might be noticing for the first time that they're displaying some unhealthy behaviors in their relationships. Mm, yeah. um, I think that's something that kids don't think about a lot. It's something that I know a lot of adults don't think about. Like, right? How am yeah. I being unhealthy or how am I contributing to these negative things in my relationship and um especially I think our program does a really good job of going in and you know we're not putting the blame on anybody but we're Mm -hmm. just saying you know um here's what it is 
you know, some of you guys are going to be in a healthy relationship. Some of you guys are going to be the ones doing unhealthy things. Some of you guys are going to be the ones that are being hurt. But either way, you guys both have, like, there's negative consequences on both ends. And I think that's a really yeah. interesting perspective. <clears throat> I think so, too. It's, uh, yeah, yeah, it's really interesting that you keep bringing these things up that um, I think are so relevant to what we're doing uh, here at Safe on Main. That's why I think you're going to be such a great fit in here because um, it is easy to just think, what is everybody else? What are the problems that are they bringing into a relationship? Uh, but I often try to point out to youth that some of you statistically are going to fall into this, the other population, the mm -hmm. population of the perpetrator or the, so that is essentially why I'm here as well to prevent that from happening. So what do you need to hear as a kid? What do you need to learn as a kid to not head down that path? Because uh, again, that might be what's being modeled for them at mm -hmm. home or in their life. So, yeah, I mean, true prevention at that point, right? Preventing yeah. um, those bad outcomes, not just from a victim standpoint, but a perpetrator standpoint. Um, okay, well, so what do you, are you, I mean, are you excited to get into schools and start teaching? I am so excited. Um, I know we've talked a lot about it. I actually have a lot of, like, teaching experience in, um, well, more of a dance setting because, you know, yeah. I'm not the prevention coordinator here. I'm teaching dance to um, kids and you know, kind of all over the community that we work in. Um, so I've been teaching since I was like 14 years old and I'm yeah. almost 23. So I've been in the classroom a lot and it's kind of the place that I really have the most fun. So I think it's going to be a great time. I do have a question for you though. Oh, go ahead. I was saving it for this okay. moment. So, you know, I listened to the, um, Shelby's last episode and yeah. you said, you know, I think we have a candidate that I'm really excited about, and I have to know if that was me. Oh, it most definitely was. <sighs> I yes. love that. <laughs> um, yeah, it definitely was you, uh, and in large part because of your dance experience. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty evident through your uh, intervention work and with community partners that mm -hmm. we are familiar with and know that you were competent and capable to do the job. But we find a lot of people who are competent and capable to do, capable to do the job, but so much of that competence, uh, the competencies around actually performing the, du the duties of the job can be taught. What you can't teach is engagement. So, you know, willingness and ability to just get involved and just mm -hmm. like get up in front of a classroom and act foolish or silly. Um, and I just, you know, my, my daughter is a dancer and I happen to know, you know, a lot of people in the dance industry. And that's one thing they're really good at is just looking foolish or being silly or getting up in front of yeah. people and trying new things, challenging themselves. So I just, that's what I was most excited about you. Yeah. Um, which then I'm going to throw a question back at you. Then. Okay. Something I've been thinking about, and I think this is a good, maybe a good space to ask it. Okay. But um, what do you think is going to be the primary difference in teaching considering the culture or community of dance versus the culture or community of school? Is there is there a difference? Mm -hmm. um, I definitely think when we're, especially when we're coming and teaching about prevention, my dancers want to be there for the most part. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we do have some crazy dance parents that make their kids dance, but for the most part, kids want to be there. They want to learn. They, um, want to engage with me for the most part. Um, but in a classroom setting where this is part of their curriculum that they have to learn about, they don't necessarily even want to be at school. Right. I think it's going to be a fun challenge for me, like getting them to engage. Okay, cool. Well, uh, Caitlin, we're super excited to have you here. Um, we're really, I'm really excited personally just to be handing off this curriculum to you for our high school program. So Caitlin's going to be in all of our area high schools, uh, working with the 
freshmen and other students who are in the health class, teaching about healthy relationships, sexual assault, um, all the way to um, bystander interventions and resilience. So, uh, Caitlin, I'm excited to have you on board. I'm excited to have you as part of Prevention Nation. And uh, listeners, uh, stay tuned and hear what uh, what Caitlin's uh, first couple weeks can be like teaching. We're going to come back and revisit this topic. So. I'm excited.